Hi there, if I could just get you to introduce yourself for me, please. Yeah, sure. So hello, uh, I'm Andy. Uh, I'm a fourth year uh, student at the University of Stirling and I'm standing for the Student Union President. Why this particular role over potentially other sabbatical uh, roles? Uh, um, Brutal honesty, it wasn't something that I had completely considered. Um, I got an email a couple of days before uh, the uh, the close date, the end date, um, to apply, and it said that someone had nominated me, and they'd said all these very nice things about me. Um, so this is definitely just a, a kind of an excuse to find out who's spreading these nasty lies that I'm competent and etc. But no, in all seriousness, it, it was kind of that push from other people. Um, it's not something that I'd actually considered myself. It was more people saying, like, you would be decent in this role. Um, which is a very strange thing to to say and to think about yourself as well when running for something like this. Um, so if I didn't have kind of the people around me that I do saying, like, you might actually make a good job of this, then I don't think I would have actually applied. What kind of experience do you have kind of in other roles that are similar that you believe qualifies you for this role? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, the Student Union is a, is a charity. Um, so before coming to university, I used to work in the third sector and um, worked for a charity called Volunteer Midlothian. And they would find um, volunteers for different charitable organisations and get them to work together. I think the Student Union kind of works in a very similar aspect. Um, so whether it's dealing with kind of um, funding applications, or dealing with local councils or local institutions such as the University of Stirling. I've experienced that before even coming to uni. And one of the key things that the Student Union President does is kind of implement policy and suggest policy. And for the past few years, I've been campaigning on harm reduction techniques for uh, drugs and alcohol across Scotland. And um, we've had success at our own Student Union, um, must be about a year ago now. And the campaign that I've run called Help Not Harm has been set up in Harriet Watt, Dundee and Glasgow University as well. Um, so when it comes to the policy side of things, uh, I have experience in that section as well. What are some examples of you know, events, policies, things like that, that you would want to implement during your time if you are elected? Yeah, so kind of the big three from the manifesto is, um, well, the first one's harm reduction, which I think might bore people at this point with me consistently talking about the same thing over and over again. Um, but it's really important. Um, so we've we've made strides with the student union. However, the University of Stirling's um, policy around harm reduction and drugs is not good, uh, especially when you compare it to other universities like uh, Bristol University or Newcastle University. Um, and Stirling is in a really unique opportunity. Um, there's an organisation called the Drugs Research and I think it's like Policy Network. Um, it has a very long title. Essentially, they're a group of academics and experts who suggest and make up drug policy for the Scottish government. And if you'd like to guess the university that they operate out of, it happens to be Stirling. And their most recent support uh, report has put forward things and suggestions for harm reduction techniques and for drug testing. So I think it's quite possible to get the two to interact and change how we treat and how we stigmatise drugs, at least at Stirling, and then hopefully locally. Um, secondly, it would be building upon what the Student Union has kind of already done. So at the moment, they have a fantastic programme where you can get your free breakfast coming in the morning because the cost of living crisis has hit pretty hard. 
I would hopefully want to expand that to at least maybe uh, an evening meal as well, um, at least once a week. And it's not kind of uh, uh, an idea of um, this is a service that's here. It's hopefully more going to be about bringing a community together to kind of share a meal, because I think sharing a meal is quite a community based thing. You know, the, you, you're usually sharing with meal with people that you care about. So I think that'd be quite an easy thing to implement. Um, how difficult that would be to get off the ground? I don't think so. I mean, all it really would require is using the student union kitchens and having some kind of staff volunteers at the end of the night. Whether that, whether we have the volunteers or not, again, I would be more than happy to cook for people. But I've got a couple of at least three meals, which I'm great at. So as long as we can get somebody else by that third week, then nobody would be bored of what we'd be cooking. <laughs> and then the kind of the last policy section that I would really hope to kind of implement is to do with, um, and this can be, it's, it's a really sensitive issue, um, but it's a really important one. And of course, I think it's fair when we talk about these things to insert kind of a trigger warning to some people just so they know in heads. So it's kind of, it's to do with the way that the university deals with um, any kind of reports of assaults or abuse or kind of sexual violence at the university. Now, currently you have two options. You can report to a university sexual misconduct liaison officer, which is a very brave thing to do. That's a very kind of face to face conversation, whether it's over teams like we're doing now or in person. Um, but again, that's a very difficult thing. It's a very daunting thing for people to do. Or you can report anonymously to the university. And if you report anonymously, you'll get asked to fill out a kind of survey about what, the, what occurred during the incident, where it was, who it was with. Now, if you do that, and the person that you're making this report about is not a member of staff or a student at the university, the university will help you contact the police and support you, which is great, which is what they should be doing. But if you're making that report about a student or a staff member, the university would like to deal with it internally first and then go to the police if they see fit. So if you've gone to an actual person, a liaison officer, then that will go to that head of department. And if the report goes further, that will go to uh, other members of senior staff at the university, which is an incredibly bureaucratic thing. And I don't think someone who's in charge of uh, corporate services should really be dealing with this type of very kind of sensitive and important issue. Um, however, if you report anonymously, what the university does is nothing. And it says that just before you report. Um, so if you go onto the website um, where you can report anonymously, I have a screenshot as well, which I'd be more than happy to send you. Um, essentially, before you submit your report, it says, um, thank you for submitting this information. Um, no action will be taken, but it then goes in to describe what happens with your data afterwards. So it's mainly a, an exercise in data collection. So something that I'd want the university to change is that it needs to be taken action. If someone has reported an incident that's happened and they're a little bit scared of what could happen um, because it's a scary thing to report an abuser, and say this incident happened in your student halls or your student flat and the university doesn't decide to do anything i think that's kind of outrageous honestly um especially in 2023 when the university has a duty of care to its students so i, I think i've talked for quite a bit there mm -hmm. but i think that's kind of that gives a rough idea of hopefully the things that would be aiming to tackle why are these issues that you've raised kind of the main points in your manifesto so important firstly to you personally and then on a wider university scale? So um, 
it's a big one, especially for kind of uh, the first and third one. So the first one is just something I've been passionate about for years. I met a, a drugs activist called Peter Kraken in the summer of 2021, 20, 2020, something like that. And he was just an amazing man, just completely blew me away about what you know people can do when really, he was really given a terrible deal at life, like the worst set of cards you could imagine. And he properly, like, he'd been through some very horrendous ordeals. Um, but he continued to, you know, campaign for people who don't often have a voice. And I just, the respect for that man I have is just consistent. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps and see what I could do. I mean, I've had experience myself um, with, you know, friends um, when it comes to kind of drug issues and how to tackle that. Ah, and it's really difficult, in all honesty. Um, so if there's support there, then it's definitely worth reaching out to. And if the support isn't there, then it's definitely worth attempting to create, essentially. Um, so there was a National Union of Students survey in 2019, I think it was, which said that um, of the students surveyed, 56% of them had uh, either done drugs or do drugs. So there's a huge percentage of the student body across the UK where this is a very kind of normal thing. And the fact that there's not services to help people um, on this is massive. Like currently in the UK, we have um, few addiction services and those new, uh, mainly deal with kind of alcohol and uh, opioid, uh, opiate drug use. So that's kind of things like heroin or um uh really strong painkillers that you might get from your gp but there's nothing that kind of um gives help to anyone who might be who might have a quite a, ter a poor relationship with kind of stimulants so if we could create a service where you'd be able to test whether it's like um ecstasy or cocaine um which are more and more popular amongst students in the uk as well um, and they're also one of the main reasons that students overdose because they've either been cut with something that it shouldn't have been cut with or because someone's built up a tolerance, be, take, taken some time off and then come back to the, where they thought they were, which again has led to an overdose. Um, and that was quite an issue from where, I've, where I'm from as well. Um, so anything I can kind of do just to make life a little bit easier for folk is essentially what it, it all boils down to. Um, the second point is just kind of, you see it all around the uni, you see it around kind of uh, staff and students is that folk are struggling during the cost of living crisis. And I think like a free meal and just kind of someone to talk to may not sound a lot, but I think it goes quite far in kind of either the protection of mental health or just kind of the health of our community as well. It can be quite isolating. And I think after COVID, there's a kind of a drop in the way that people socialise with each other at uni. So I think giving another opportunity where there's no questions asked and people are allowed to just kind of chat and meet new people and share a meal would be a fantastic opportunity to be missed, honestly. And then for when it comes to kind of reporting of really serious incidents like this, there was a, a charity called um, Revolt and they put out a statistic which is I think it's like 70% of all students um, in the UK have 
um, had kind of uh, incidents of sexual abuse and sexual assault. And I think it was last year as well, um, there was another report that was definitely in, in The Guardian for sure, um, where I think 90% of women had said that they experienced some sort of kind of assault or abuse in their lifetime. And I think it's something that just kind of needs to be tackled head on. Like we can do kind of talking around the corner campaigns all we want, but if people aren't given the kind of tools to tackle this really serious issue, which for the most part, you know, there's a definite definite imbalance when it comes to the kind of gender violence in these incidents, then if I'm not trying to make a difference in that, then what is the point in kind of supporting a student body where this is such a serious issue? What is your ultimate goal with this role? If you were to be elected in, where would you want to see kind of the university, the student union, this time next year when you are handing this role over to whoever's taking over next? Yeah, so um, that's a really good question. Um, so I think the student union's in a really good place on certain topics at the moment and I think it makes easier makes it easier having conversations with kind of senior management and the university um, so if I can kind of have my foot in the door or at least get the the job title the foot in the door uh, to make sure that conversations about kind of student housing student well-being mental health services any sorts of services or support that the university can provide you know ring fencing mental health and making sure that the budget is increased every year instead of decreased is a massive thing and if i can work towards creating a student union that can operate better with the people who are in charge of these financial decisions then i think and i would hope at least that i put it in good stead for any kind of future projects or future plans anyone who is um brave enough to kind of stand and try to change things as well so if i can help anyone who's coming through then I think I've probably done my job. you have a final statement you'd like to make to voters about why they should vote for you? Oh big question at the end. Um, oh, I'm terrible, I'm terrible for any sort of self-promotion um, so I'll have my friends hitting me in the back of the head for not taking this opportunity if I don't. I think the main issues that I talk about are all about kind of student support and I think I'm a candidate who has experience in kind of supporting people in stigmatised areas. So whether it comes to writing policy or talking to um, senior management about really sensitive issues, I'm someone who's done that before and I'm more than happy to do it again. And I'm more than happy to talk about issues that people don't like talking about because more often than not, those are some of the most important issues in our lifetime. Um, so basically, I'm here to have the difficult conversations that some people might not want to have. That's all my questions. Thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to, to do this.